0: Look at his movements, the most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. What a goal! Sensational! I swear you'll never see anything
1: like this ever again! The world is left to wonder, wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused, how on earth did that
0: happen?
2: Hello, and welcome to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lebuff, and today I'll be joined by my action colleagues, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo, and together the three of us will handicap all 16 Champions League matches coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. But before we get to the board, just a quick reminder that we are still holding a contest, and all you need to do to enter said contest is leave us a nice review on the Wonder Gold podcast feed, and in that review, put your Twitter handle, and if you do that, you will automatically be entered into a raffle to win the soccer jersey of your choice from this season. With that out of the way, let's dive into Tuesday's Champions League headliner from Bergamo, Italy. Atalanta, plus 175 home underdogs, taking on Manchester United. They're plus 140. The draw currently sitting at plus 280. This is a Tuesday, 4 p.m. kickoff. I don't know what, how else to describe Manchester United uh, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer besides a roller coaster. Get battered by Liverpool 5-0 come back and then beat Tottenham 3-0 in El Sakico. It's all over the place for this team. I kind of think they're worth a look here too uh, as, a, as a favorite on the road against Atalanta. BJ, what about you?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I have Manchester United projected at minus 120. I mean, like you said, they're a roller coaster. Uh, the problems aren't, aren't gone. They're, they're still there. But in this match against Atalanta a couple weeks ago, they were the better team. They won on expected goals, 2.8 to 1.2. They outshot Atalanta 22 to 13, had more touches and box entries. But the big thing about uh, Manchester United is the return of Rafael Varane is huge for their defense, solidifying it, because Harry Maguire has been incredibly out of form. So having him pairing along with him makes things a little bit better for the Red Devils. Also, this is kind of more of a bet against Atalanta, who has had problems when they've had to face Opponents that are either on their level or better than them in their five matches against Villarreal, Manchester United, AC Milan, Inter and Lazio this season. Atalanta has allowed 13.86 expected goals and they're also 11th in non-penalty expected goals allowed in Serie A, 12th in big scoring chances allowed. They obviously scored on their only two big scoring chances against Manchester United, but after they went up two nothing, they only created 0. 0.4 expected goals for the final 60 minutes. And Manchester United's attack, you know, they may have lost on expected goals to Tottenham, but they are lethal going forward with Ronaldo. So um, again, I have Manchester United projected at minus 120. So I think there's some good value on their draw no bet line at minus 120.
2: Yeah, I think you you kind of hit on it, right? Like these are two very flawed teams. And when you put two very flawed teams together, why not take the one with more finishing talent? And United definitely has that. Uh, and I also think like the defensive uh, issues that both clubs have, makes her a good bet on the over, which is currently sitting uh, at three minus 125. I'll probably look at both United and the over uh, if possible. So I think, uh, yeah, I think this is a fun one to bet. Anthony, uh, how do you see it?
3: Yeah, it's all about Atalanta's uh, man-marking system. It's a nightmare against teams like Manchester United who have the runners who can run in behind. Marcus Rashford, Cristiano Ronaldo both found a lot of space in the first leg. Uh, and I think they're expecting to have a lot more space, too, against Atalanta's high line here. 2.8 expected goals in the first leg. Defensively, United also looked much more organized in the, the game against Tottenham. They played a 3-5-2, switched up the formation, threw Varane in there with Maguire and Lindelof. Uh, it relieved some pressure in the midfield. And, and the other issue that they really did, was, or the other solution they kind of had against Tottenham, was that they put Ensign Cavani in the lineup with Ronaldo. Cavani does more running. He pressures the ball more. He does a lot more defensive work than Ronaldo does. He kind of helps fill the void that Ronaldo has if you play a 4-2-3-1, which they had really been struggling with uh, in recent weeks. So I'm interested to see what Ole does here. Does he go back to the same formation? I think he will. And if he does, I really like United here on the Draw no bet line as well. It was their best defensive performance on Saturday since September 11th against Newcastle. And it was a clear response from the players that they want Ole around. All of that combines into a spot here where I like United. I like the stylistic matchup against Atalanta as well. So uh, give me United on the draw-no-bet line. I'm going to wait for lineups probably to play it, but I think it's a good look here if we see that Cavani and Ronaldo get another start up top.
2: Yeah, you, you touched on it in our Premier League preview that this will kind of be, or the win against Tottenham would kind of be a good uh, gauge into how this team feels about playing for Ale. Uh, because he could have easily been out of a job had they had they really thrown it uh, against uh, Tottenham. And now look, he, they they beat Atalanta, and then they play Manchester City next weekend. And I mean, the whole narrative for the season could change with a couple positive results for uh, the Red Devils. All right, let's uh, move on to the other match in Group F. That's Villarreal. They're minus one eighty five at home against Young Boys, who are five to one. Uh, the draw is sitting at plus three fifty this is another 4 p.m. kickoff. This group is on a tightrope, right? Man United at, at the top at six points, uh, then Villarreal and Atalanta both tied at four, Young Boys at three. So it can go a hundred different ways. So this game will be kind of interesting from a game theory standpoint, right? I think Young Boys probably will be on trying to be on the front foot and nick a win. This is probably what they think is maybe their best opportunity to get uh, three more points in, in their pocket to perhaps against the odds get out of this group. But I don't see it. I think the only way I'd be interested in betting this is is taking Villarreal on an alt line. BJ, do you see anything else in this?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of staring at Young Boys over one and a half goals at plus two hundred five. I mean they I mean they lost four one, but they created two point seven four expected goals against Villarreal. BRL had some issues defensively. They've allowed 1.34 expected goals for match. And young boys, you know, in the Swiss Super League are averaging over two expected goals. And like you said, they're going to have to be on the front foot. They're going to have to go for all three points. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, especially at that big of a price, I kind of do like uh, over one and a half goals. And I might get added as we're doing this podcast
2: right now. Always like when that happens, live and in the studio, betting on young boys, team total over. Now, what, a, what a beautiful, beautiful show we have going here. All right, let's, uh, let's, we'll move on. Group E uh Bayern minus 525 against Benfica they're 12 to 1 the draw is at 7-1 this is a 4 p.m kickoff in Germany the three of us were all about Benfica in the previous meeting a couple weeks ago it looked okay for a little bit and then Bayern scored about 100 goals in six minutes to win 100 to nil um Bayern I mean I, I can't keep doing this like I just can't keep going against them we always you always hear that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and uh, expecting a different result, uh, but I'm going to do it. I think uh, I'll probably take a nibble on Benfica on the money line at 12 to one. Uh, I think there's a couple things here like Bayern are basically in They're They're at nine points. They've had some weird, weird results over the past couple weeks, including a five nil loss to Gladbach in a cup. I think if you're just looking at it from a pure value standpoint, there's a, a, a smidge of value on Benfica on the money line. It's hard to ever suggest there's not on a 12 to one team in the champions league, but I also like the live over. We saw it last game. Byron could just turn it on and turn a game on its head in a matter of no time. And Benfica will need to at least try to get a result if they fall behind. So this game could, could kind of go back and forth a little bit. So I might try to play a live over, but I'll definitely be on the Benfica money line at some point. Anthony, what about you?
3: Yeah. Cash to Byron fade. Had to do it in the DFB. Pokal. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter or in the app, you know my love of Gladbach, and that was, a, that was a historic result for the Foles. We're incredibly proud of that one. Uh, and I think they exposed some weaknesses that, that exist in this Bayern team as it's set up defensively. A lot of the Bundesliga teams haven't quite taken advantage of it, but we're starting to see some, some leakiness from Bayern. Uh, the expected goals allowed have ticked up a little bit. Hoffenheim created a few chances against them, almost scored a couple of times. Uh, Union Berlin got two at the weekend a little over one expected goal in that match for them. Uh, So I'm not expecting Bayern to continue to be this good uh, defensively. So I I like both teams to score here. Benfica showed some ability on the counter against Barcelona. I think they'll be able to show some ability on the counter here. You go back to the last match, they probably should have got one. Neuer made a couple of awesome saves to keep them level. I mean, Benfica was nearly ahead in that game. Uh, So I like both teams to score here, minus 120 quite a bit. I think Bayern still rolls. They still win this game. Uh, and they still pretty much clinch the group with a win, but Benfica will get on the board.
2: And uh, an interesting thing: if they do win and get to to twelve points and basically clinch the group, it'll be fun to bet again them against them again in the in the next two matches. Uh, Bj, are you hopping on the Byron fade train, the pain train here, or are you just gonna finally learn your lesson?
1: I'm done. I've waved the <laughs> white flag. They've they've finally. They've finally beaten me, and they've beaten me into submission so many times that I'm done. I mean, the but really, what it was from a projection standpoint is that Byron uh, way overformed offensively last season. But this year, they're a lot closer to their expected goals and what their actual results are. You know, 38 goals off of 34.28 expected goals. You know, that's, that's still really, really – I mean, that's, that's incredible in 10 matches. Uh, and they've only allowed 8.07 non-penalty expected goals. So, and you know, Benefica, they didn't look great. In their last two domestic matches, only 1.79 expected goals total in against two inferior opponents uh, in Portugal. So it's a pass for me. Bayern's overvalued, but I'm just going to move on with my life and act like they don't exist anymore.
2: You're a stronger uh, man than I am. It's not going to be fun. All right, let's move on to the other match in this group, Group E. Like I said, Bayern there at the top, nine points. Benfica at four. Barcelona at three. Dinamo Kiev, they still have a chance to get out, too. They're at one point, uh, and they'll be hosting Barcelona. Dinamo is plus 425 uh, underdog. Barcelona minus 155 road favorite, and then the draw plus 310. This is another 4 p.m. kickoff on Tuesday. Barcelona, their last four matches, they won 1-0 against this Dinamo team. Then they lost 2-1 in El Clasico to Real Madrid. They lost 1-0 to Rayo Vallecano, and then they drew 1-1 with uh, Alaves. And uh, they don't have Ronald Koeman in charge anymore. Javi is on his way from the Middle East, but he's not there yet. I just am going to keep going against Barcelona. It's been working recently, so I'm just going to take a shot on Dinamo, plus 425 on the money line. Hope that one of these teams gets upset. Favorites were 15-1 and one straight up in the last round of the Champions League. 15-1, and one, the only... Uh, favorite that didn't cash was I think Sevilla against Lille and that was a draw. So it just, maybe there's a little bit of regression. I hope to God there's a little bit of regression here uh, back to some normalcy, but it also doesn't bode well that these are the exact same matchups except flip the home and away team. So who knows, but yeah, I'll take Dinamo here as a, as another little nibble. Uh, Anthony, I know you've been trying to get behind this Barcelona team and you haven't really had an opportunity to do so. Is this your, finally your chance to get, to get going on them?
3: Oh yeah, we're in. Uh, Barcelona minus one plus 120. bring the pain, give it to me. Uh, I, I stayed away from backing Barcelona even though I wanted to uh, in the Classico. They lost it despite winning the expected goals battle. Viacano was a nice win for them, but you know Memphis between Memphis missing the penalty and then numerous other chances going awry. Uh, Barca really unfortunate there. And then against Olives they were marginally better, which I would argue is a poor result for Barcelona against. Alves, you know, mid-table Spanish side, but at home. But now they get a chance to really, uh, you know, beat up on a a very inferior opponent who offered absolutely nothing the first time these two teams played. It really should have been two, maybe three-nil in the last game when Barcelona played Kiev, uh, and I'm expecting them, despite going on the road here, to roll and look to make a statement victory. Uh, I know Xavi is not in yet. They're kind of in managerial flux. But this is a moment to buy low on Barcelona. We bought low on them in the last Champions League show when we got them to advance. I still think they're going to advance. I think they're going to roll here. So Barcelona minus one, plus 120. They're still first in La Liga in non-penalty expected goals per 90 going forward. And they're allowing the second fewest shots. So they're not, you know, there's not alarming numbers in their underlying stuff. They're not as dominant as they've been, but they're not a ninth place La Liga team. They're, they're heading for some positive regression. And I'm hoping that starts on Tuesday. BJ,
2: what do you have for this one? Well, I'm going to go back to, we had the
1: under uh, last time these two playing. I'm going to go back to an under two and a half at plus plus one fifteen. I mean, Anthony hit the nail on the head. Uh, offensively, Barcelona has been much better uh, than the results have shown their last three matches against Viacano, Real Madrid, and Alaves, They've created 6.76 goals, but have only scored twice defensively. They're only allowing 0.91 non-penalty expected goals per match. And Dino Mokiev, just like Anthony said, offers absolutely nothing going forward. They only had 0.1 expected goals in that match. They've only created 1.02 total expected goals in their three Champions League matches. They're bottom five in pretty much every single off offensive metric that we look at for all the Champions League teams combined. But defensively, they're actually pretty good, especially domestically. They are only allowing 0.6 expected goals per match in the Ukrainian Premier League. And they do have a couple of young, talented defenders um, like, you know, Ilya Zabarny, who started for Ukraine in the Euros. Um, it's also going to be 45 degrees and rainy in Kiev on uh, Tuesday. So I think that plays into a uh, uh, low scoring game, especially since it's the first Match that uh, Barcelona has played in chilly temperatures this season. So, yeah, I only have 2.19 goals projected. So, I think there's some value in under two and a half goals at plus 115.
2: Can Barcelona do it on a tough night in Kiev? I don't. I didn't look at the weather in the Ukraine yet. Uh, I know. It was daylight savings time for them, too, this week. So, you never know with the, the travel in Europe. Maybe Barcelona's a little jet-lagged. Uh, let's move on to Group G, which there's been two games in this group that have not ended up as a draw this is my kind of competition man uh Salzburg there at the top seven points Sevilla three points with three draws (laughs) god I love that team so much little two points Wolfsburg uh with two points Wolfsburg uh they host Salzburg in the match we'll talk about right now Wolfsburg plus 145 at home Salzburg plus 175 the draw plus 275 this is a 145 p.m kickoff on Tuesday uh so I want action on it because it's one of the early kickoffs I'm gonna back Wolfsburg I think uh, this is more a play against Salzburg. I think maybe they're a little bit overrated in this spot. When you look at the two teams, yeah, Salzburg has a ton of young emerging talent, and these players will all end up next season being on playing for really good teams in Germany and and France and England and whatever. But I still think you know you you look if you just look at these two teams in a vacuum, especially with Wolfsburg at home. Plus 145 is probably a good number. Uh, so I'll take it. They've not been a great team in Bundesliga. They, they started hot. They lost, what, three or four in a row, and then they won against Leverkusen, an overrated Leverkusen team uh, over the weekend. So I'll hope that maybe that builds some momentum and, and Wolfsburg, they need to win. So why not go for it? They're a solid defensive team too. And also Salzburg, three out of their six goals in the Champions League on from PKs. So give me uh, give me Wolfsburg in this one at home, plus 145, Anthony. Are you joining me?
3: I lean that way. My numbers are pretty right on what the market is, so I'm probably going to end up passing. Uh, If we see some late Salzburg steam like we did in the first leg, I'll definitely be hopping in on Wolfsburg. Anything, pick them, uh, even money or better. Uh, And so I'll definitely be looking there. But this is all about Wolfsburg's offensive regression. They finally got on the board. They lost four in a row in the Bundesliga, but it was more a matter of just not taking their chances, not not as much playing worse. They started the season with four wins in the – in the Bundesliga, they were actually ahead of Bayern uh, at one point, but they were running well above their expected goals. Then they had a horrible stretch where they were running well below their expected goals, and water found its level a little bit this weekend against Leverkusen with that 2-0 with that win. The reality is they're still an excellent defensive team. They've looked a little bit vulnerable in the Champions League away from home, but they were solid at home against Sevilla in their only home match they played. Uh, they're still the fourth-best defense by expected goals in the Bundesliga and second fewest shots allowed per 90. So I still like this Wolfsburg defense here to uh, to shut down Salzburg's attack, which found a lot of space in transition at home. I don't think they'll quite have as much space, make some tactical adjustments from Van Bommel. Uh, and so I lean towards Wolfsburg, but I need a better price. So I'm going to wait and see what we can get.
2: Two other really solid defensive teams will meet in the other fixture in Group G. That's Sevilla. They're minus 150 at home. They're taking on Lille, plus 475. The draw, plus 275. 4 p.m. on Tuesday. I mean, you can't keep me away from the draw on this one. You just can't. Five out of their six results for these two teams combined in the Champions League have been a draw. Combined, these two teams have allowed four goals in six matches. We know what Sevilla can do defensively. We know what Lil can do defensively. This is a this screams low event, 1-1, one, one, nil-nil game. Plus 275 is such a good price for a draw, I think, in, in this matchup. Uh, so, Anthony are you going to be joining me or do you think there's actually going to be a little bit more chaos than what I'm calling for?
3: And let's inject some chaos into this group a little bit. Uh, both teams to score. Yes. Plus 100. My number is minus one Oh seven. So not a ton of value there uh, to be honest, but I like this from a narrative point of view. And the reason for that is that both these teams need results. Draws are not going to get it done anymore. And the reality is that I think Leo has to come out and play a little bit. They, they, they need a result here, uh, knowing the upcoming fixtures and knowing that they're sitting in last place right now. And so I'm expecting a more aggressive Leal, a Leal team that has shown more going forward this year uh, in some spots and a Leal team that is while still good defensively should be conceding more than they are right now. The reality is uh, I have the write-up for this game. So I'll have a more in-depth preview uh, on the Action Network app and on the website on Monday for the Tuesday game. But I'm going to be going with both teams to score here because I think finally we're going to get some goals in this group. And I think this game is going to be the first one that opens up. DJ, are you more
2: uh, in line with me here? Sleepy, beautiful tactical chess match, or do you think it's uh, going to be a rock concert like, like Anthony's calling for
1: yeah, I'm just, I'll be honest. I know both teams kind of have to go for this match, but I'm a little confused because I'm looking at the closing line from when they played two weeks ago. The draw was plus 205, and under two and a half goals was minus 175. Well, like you said, the draw is plus 275 now, and under two and a half goals is only minus 135. So, yes, both teams kind of have to go for this, but this was a really sleepy game the last time they played. Only 1.79 total expected goals created by both teams. And, you know, we talked about Lil at length uh, last week on the the Premier League pod when they were playing PSG. Uh, They're due for a lot of positive aggression defensively. They've only allowed uh, 10.69 expected goals off of uh, 18 this year. Um, They also have allowed the fewest big scoring chances in League Un. And Anthony will like this one from an even game state this year. They're only allowing .88 expected goals per 90 minutes. So... They're pretty good defensively when it's either when it's zero, zero pretty much. Uh, And, and Sevilla is even a better defensive team. Only 0.76 non penalty expectables allowed per match, which is second uh, in La Liga. They're also third in shots allowed per 91st and box entries allowed. And, you know, the last time these two teams uh, faced off only only 35 touches in the penalty area, 24 box entries Uh, for a little comparison. Ajax is averaging 43 touches in the opponent's penalty area and 26 box entries. Uh, per match this Champions League campaign. So I only have 1.69 goals projected for this one. So I love under two and a half goals at minus 135. I understand both teams kind of have to play for this, but I'm just a little confused why the odds on the draw and the under have uh, gone down so much.
2: Yeah, I think you answered your own question there, which is that the bookmakers know that betters are going to think, all right, this is going to be a more open game because both teams should be going after it. I actually wonder if, if they will, right. You, you got Salzburg at the top with seven, Sevilla, at three, Lille and Wolfsburg at two. So you, a draw keeps them both in it rather than, you know, so if, if it is a game that's hanging in the balance in like the 60th minute, I wouldn't be surprised if neither club kind of goes for it. because a loss could be catastrophic compared to a, because you're giving those points to a team you're directly competing with compared to a draw. Uh, so For me, yeah, I'll take the draw on this one. If you've been listening to the show in its nascent journey, you know that I love betting Sevilla draws, so I'll go right back to it. Group H, Juventus at the top with nine points, Chelsea six, Zenit, St. Petersburg at three, Malmo uh, at the foot of the table. They have goose egg points. They are the biggest underdog on the board this week. They're 12-1 to home underdogs against Chelsea who are minus 500. The draw plus 650. This is a 145 p.m. kickoff in Sweden. BJ, I mean I got nothing so I'm just I'm not doing it I'm not going back to this Malmo team ever again uh, they're dead to me uh, BJ just you, you can take yeah this one. let's uh
1: let's go under three goals at plus 105 I mean Malmo they are offering nothing offensively going forward they only had two shots and 0.07 expected goals against Chelsea the last time these two teams met they don't even have the talent even close to challenge Chelsea's back line, which we've talked about at length is due for uh, negative regression, but it's not going to come against Malmo uh, mm-hmm. in the champions league here, but Chelsea offensively is also due for some negative regression. This season, they've scored 26 goals off of 18.72 expected goals in the premier league. And even in this match against Malmo last time, 1.5 of Chelsea's uh, 2.67 expected goals came off of penalties. And outside of those two penalties, they didn't register a shot with next year rating over 0.12. And also Romelu Lukaku and Timur are still out uh, for the Chelsea. So that's going to make things more difficult for them offensively. And I also question how much Malmo is even really going to care about this match. I know it's the Champions League. I know it's one of the biggest matches for their club. But they, the Swedish uh, first division only has four matches left in their domestic campaign. And Malmo only has a one-point one lead over the uh, second place. And it really doesn't look like there's even a shot they're going to finish in third and get to the Europa League uh, uh, round of 16. So... I think they're going to park the bus and just pray for a zero zero draw. Uh, so, I, only, I mean, I only have 2.68 goals projected for this one. So, I think there is some value on under three goals of plus 105.
2: The team that they would be competing with for that third place spot, at least right now, that's in at St. Petersburg, they're plus 550 underdogs on the road at Juventus, minus 190. The draw plus uh, 320. Uh, Juve has been struggling in Serie A. They're, they're winless in their last three matches domestically. They, they've looked all right in Champions League. Obviously they got nine points out of a possible nine, but you, you got to wonder, is this Anthony's this Juventus team, should they be priced the way they are, which is like, they are one of the better teams in this competition, I guess, or and they definitely are being priced. Like they're on par with Chelsea in this group, they're three points ahead of them, but I think the results are kind of skewing what their actual level is. So I do wonder if there's some Value going against Juventus here, and maybe going forward for the rest of this competition.
3: Yeah, I do actually think there's a little bit of value going against Juventus here. Five uh, thirty-eights model has Juve at fifty-two percent to win this, and the line has them at about minus one eighty, which is a little under sixty-five. So, you're getting a lot of value here. According to some projection models, I believe uh, BJ has Juventus at minus one hundred four as well. So, all of us are seeing Juventus is overrated. If you go back to the first leg, Juventus scored a late goal in a match that was otherwise very much even. Juve in Italy hasn't been all that impressive either. They've improved defensively in some respects in the sense that they have, you know, they had three or four matches in a row where they didn't concede a goal, but the expected numbers weren't all that good in those games. They were allowing about one expected goal per match in those three or four games. And then they go, uh, you know, in the midweek, they play against Sassuolo. They lose, uh, you know, in stoppage time, pretty much deserved probably a a draw there, but a late counterattack does them in. And so I'm not really, and then they lose to Verona at the weekend. So they're really struggling here. I think they're overvalued. Allegri hasn't quite gotten it to work yet. Uh, And I'm not sure he ever is with this current level of talent. And so I'm going to look to play against Juventus. They are going to Chelsea in a couple of weeks. I think it's going to be a good spot for Chelsea as well. Uh, And so I think Chelsea still probably takes this group. So if you're looking for some odds there, I believe they're underdogs right now because Juve won the first leg in Turin. But I think, Zenit may steal a point here. So I like them plus one, minus 110. If you're looking and you're not invested in Chelsea at this point, it's not a bad idea to get on them as perhaps a derivative here to win the group as an underdog right now.
2: Yeah, I, I like that. I think another, like this Juventus team wasn't very good last year. And I, I know everyone kind of blamed Pirlo for that. And in, in, uh, it was a, a weird hire and kind of a sacrificial lamb for a, a team coming on the wrong side of the mountain. Uh, but this, there's, they haven't really shown much improvement under Allegri, who obviously won. Uh, about 100 Scudettos with them in a row. Uh, BJ, are you going to make it three 3-for-3 three here on Zenit and uh, watch this one go up in flames as Juventus wins like 5 No.
1: Yeah, that sounds like fun to me. I mean, Zenit has actually, since the loss to Juventus, has been really, really good. Back-to-back matches in the Russian Premier League to beat Spartak Moscow 7-1 and Dinamo Moscow 5-1. Those are the third and fourth best defenses in Russia based on expected goals. Now, it does look like their best player, Malcolm, is questionable to play in this match, but he wasn't in the lineup for those last two matches. And the Zenit defense is only allowing 0.88 non-penalty expected goals per match domestically this season. Also, Juventus, they haven't scored more than one goal in a meaningful competition since September 26th. So, their offense has really been struggling, defensively they're 10th in non-penalty expected goals allowed, 8th in shots per 90, 12th in box entries allowed. So, it's not really that great of a defense or and it's an offense that's really struggling also a fun little note when they lost to Verona, Diego Simeone's uh kid was the one who scored both goals to beat Juventus. So, we'll be talking about Diego Simeone coming up in a little bit, but Uh, Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. I, like Anthony mentioned, I only have Juventus projected at minus 104. So I'll uh, get hurt by Zenit again and take them plus one at minus 110.
2: Hopefully by by Tuesday, by this time this match kicks off on Tuesday, I have you both convinced to join me on this money line because I, I think there's a ton of value there. All right, let's flip the page to Wednesday. You mentioned him just two seconds ago. Diego Simeone, God love him. God bless him. One of the great characters in soccer. His Atletico Madrid are plus 425 road underdogs heading to Anfield, minus 160 favorites, Liverpool. Uh, the draws plus 320. This is a 4 p.m. kickoff. So you're going to hear so much about, oh, a European night at Anfield. And that means that Liverpool is probably going to get steamed before this match kicks off because people love to buy into that narrative, buy into the cop being an impossible place to play. Uh, fortress, Anfield, as they like to call it before they lost like six games in a row last year uh fair enough they did win about 70 in a row before that but whatever you can't be losing home matches to burnley and calling something fortress anfield i digress these matches are always bonkers between these two teams i like think about going not just what happens on the field but off the field we had the the last match before covid we had what happened last match with the two teams playing back and forth to Liverpool goes up quick then gives up a lead which they did last weekend to Brighton too so maybe a little bit of a worrying trend there and then Diego Simeone runs off before the handshake which people don't realize he does that to everybody he's that's not just like a him thing with Jurgen Klopp he he finds I love this he finds the uh post-match handshake to be performative and kind of empty whereas what he likes to do is he likes to have his conversations with the opposing manager in the tunnel afterwards share a drink what what a wonderful wonderful man Uh, I like Atleti here, 425. I'm just going to do it. Uh, Fun bet. Probably going to lose, but this is a good team. I know they they get a little lucky. They kind of pull results out of the hat, but they've done that forever under Simeone. So I'm going back to Atleti here. I'm on the pain train with them. Anthony, what about you?
3: Yeah, two teams I faded uh, this weekend, uh, and I'm looking to fade Liverpool again. This midfield has issues. Uh, They've had issues the last few matches. They... Obviously had that impressive victory against Manchester United, but there were troubling signs defensively. They conceded a lot of shots, a lot of space, and a lot of chances to Man United. They conceded a lot of shots, a lot of space, and a lot of chances to Brighton at the weekend. If you go back to the first match these two teams played in Madrid, same thing, uh, the Keita-Milner-Henderson midfield is a very aggressive midfield from Klopp. It's not one that offers a lot of protection for the defensive line. It's not one that offers a lot of ball-winning ability, given Henderson's declining ability to run. Uh, and we don't know the status of Fabinho and Tiago yet. They may be back, but if I'm Liverpool, I'm not running them out there unnecessarily and playing them extra minutes in a game. They don't need to win. A draw will do uh, for Liverpool here at home, who, who pretty much has a vice grip on the group. As long as they take care of business and the other matches and don't lose, they should win this group comfortably. I think they're minus 400 or something to win this group. I like Atleti plus one. Atleti has shown me improved attacking ability this year both in La Liga and in the Champions League with their ability to create chances. They uh, did really well in that last match, uh, both off of set pieces and in transition, where I think Liverpool was very vulnerable. So I think Atleti keeps this close. Maybe Liverpool sneaks a result out and it's a push, but I think Atleti will be able to get a point here. And they they are the more desperate team in this situation because they're the ones now fighting with Porto for second, whereas Liverpool has pretty much clinched the group. So I like Atleti plus one in this spot.
2: Yeah, Atleti only have allowed more than one expected goal four times out of 13 matches a season. So when you talk about Liverpool's dynamic offense, this is a team that is built to be able to handle it, uh, at least stick with them. So I'll, I'm, that's why, yes, do I think that Atletico Madrid is going to win this match? No, but I think they do win it uh, more than their implied odds uh, on the money line suggest. So BJ, come on and join us and Diego Simeone on this wonderful adventure to, to Anfield.
1: Yeah, let's do it again. I mean, really what we saw the game match against Brighton is just how vulnerable Liverpool are in transition with a midfield of Henderson, Oxlade, Chamberlain and Curtis Jones. They just Brighton just torched them in the second half. And we all know Brighton's the best team in the world, but it was really concerning for Jurgen Klopp. And I think it's going to be even more concerning in this match because Atletico Madrid really should have beaten Liverpool uh, in the last meeting. They won on expected goals, 1.94 to 1.23. And that was with and Antoine Griezmann red card in the 52nd minute. And if you take away the most solid penalty in the 78th minute, Liverpool only created 0.49 expected goals off of 10 shots in the match, which is really, really bad. And we also talked about it on the, the Premier League podcast, but Liverpool's due for a little bit of regression defensively. They've only allowed eight goals off of 11.05 expectacles And Atletico Madrid's defense is still playing at an elite level. They're number one in La Liga, non penalty expected goals allowed. They're first in shots allowed per 90, second in big scoring chances allowed, and second in box entries allowed. So with an extremely thin midfield they're going up against, against a team that is basically built off of hitting teams on the counter. This is a really bad mashup for Liverpool. So I'm with Anthony. I love Atletico Madrid at plus one. I only have Liverpool projected at plus 122. So give me Atletico Madrid plus one at minus 135.
2: Yeah, it should be a fun one. Uh, and if you're, if you're rooting for chaos uh, for Group B, you'll probably want uh, Liverpool to lose. That would put, because right now they're at nine points, Atletico at four, Porto at four, Milan at zero. If Porto beats Milan and Atletico, Beats Liverpool nine seven seven. Then you've got a lot of meaningful matches, and then Milan, obviously at the foot of the table, playing just trying to play spoiler. Speaking of AC Milan, they're plus one ten home favorites against Porto, plus two sixty. The draw is plus two fifty. This is the one forty five pm kickoff on Wednesday. Milan are really weird because they've been pretty good in Serie A. They've been terrible, like abject, in uh, Champions League. Anthony, I think you are going to tell me that this Milan team is not worth believing in in this matchup.
3: They're not. And this is a market overreaction. I don't know what it's a reaction to. Uh, but even if you factor out home and away to when these two teams played, Milan is now way overvalued. Uh, and so they have gone from, you know, I, I had Porto. I think BJ also had Porto in the first time these two teams played. Porto outshot them 21 to 4. In the first leg, it was complete domination. They hit the post twice, could have easily won two or three to nil. Uh, The expected goals were 1.3 to 0.1. So it was complete domination. Milan barely got out of their own half. And Milan played a weak team in that game, and they will have some guys back. Zantanin Ibrahimovic had a goal in the game uh, that they beat Roma on Sunday. He scored from 25 on a free kick. They scored on a penalty against Roma. They scored on a set piece against Torino in the midweek. So their last three goals have come from set pieces or penalties. The attack just has not been there for me that the numbers are are on a pretty concerning downtrend across the board. And so I'm looking to play against them yet again here against a very stout, very sturdy Porto defense who look, they look terrible against Liverpool, which has historically been a terrible matchup for them. But the other two matches in the group against Atletico Madrid and against Milan, they were far the better side. Uh, dominating both of those matches, unlucky to lose, unlucky to not beat Atleti and then did beat Milan. So you have a, a stout Porto defense that's going to give Milan the ball, keep them out of transition, make them break down a low block, and then Porto's going to look to hit on the counter. Milan's going to have to be aggressive here to open themselves up. I think that creates chances for Porto on the counter. So Porto plus a half is minus 120. That's where I'm at on this match.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't see anything on the game lines yet. I I, I think I'd probably want to bet Porto if anything uh, but if you are going to bet Milan you might as well take a look at them plus 850 to qualify out of the group because if they do win this match if you think they're they are going to win this match uh, and then Liverpool beats Atleti you're setting yourself up for a kind of winner takes all winner will advance match between uh, Milan and Atleti in a couple of weeks uh, let's move on to group A uh, this has been basically our bogey group because PSG's in it and we keep trying to beat them PSG is at the top seven points. City, uh, Manchester City is at six uh, points in second. Club Bruges at four points in third. RB Leipzig, Jesse Marsh, the American, has them at zero points at the foot of the table. Basically need to run the table to advance. They're plus 225. Home underdogs to Paris Saint-Germain, who are plus 110. The draw is plus 295. A 4 p.m. kickoff here. Another Albert Einsteinian game where it's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I feel like these two teams have played each other a hundred times this season and I bet RB Leipzig all hundred and they've lost all hundred. That's just how it feels betting against this PSG team in this competition. I don't think the number is really big enough for me to get involved with Leipzig, but I feel like you two will maybe convince me. So I'll start with you, BJ. Bring me on board with that rotten bowling.
1: Yeah, RB Leipzig plus half a goal 125 is one of my favorite bets of this entire Champions League, not only this week, maybe the entire campaign, because we've been banging the table for a long time here, just saying this PSG team is not good. Yes, they have an incredible front three, but outside of that, it is a very, very average midfield and defense, and they really, really should not have beaten RB Leipzig in that last match. You know, it was 3 2, and you'll see the final expected goals line was 3.03 to 2.36 in favor of PSG. But most of what PSG did came off of two penalties and a messy tapping on a shot that was probably going in anyway. They, through their first three Champions League matches, they're in first place with seven points, but they have a negative 0.4 expected goal differential. That's terrible. And for them to still be a third favorite to win the champions league is crazy to me. Also, especially in this match, they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Sergio Ramos and Marco Verratti and Leandro Parades are all out for this one. Messi and Mbappe are both questionable. Mbappe missed uh, the last match against Lille and Messi got subbed off at halftime. We don't really know why. Uh, so, but you know, the reports out of that might be some, what of an injury. RB Leipzig. I mean, listen, their their defense is having a lot of problems right now, but all, their offense is still there. They're averaging 2.2 expected goals per match in the Bundesliga. They're fourth in shots per ninety, second in box entries, and have created. And they created three big scoring chances against PSG in that meeting two weeks ago. And, you know, even if we look at the box score from that match two weeks ago, RB Leipzig had more shot creating actions, more touches in the penalty area, more box entries, plus. This is it for RB Leipzig. They have to get three points from this one if they want any shot of finishing in third place and maybe going to the Europa League round of 16. So I actually have RB Leipzig projected as a plus 114 favorite. If you look at 538, they also have RB Leipzig at 44%. So I think it is crazy that PSG is a favorite on the road in Germany. So give me RB Leipzig plus half a goal and minus 125.
2: Anthony, uh, I feel like it would be, kind of against your religion as a soccer fan to bet on PSG here. So I'm assuming you're, you're going to be joining BJ.
3: Yeah. You know, so long as this game is tied or P- or Leipzig is ahead, I, I love where we're at. If we fall behind, if Leipzig falls behind and PSG is able to sit deep, absorb pressure and counter against this Leipzig team, it could get ugly. That is the disclaimer and the warning that comes with betting this game. Because I think if you get Leipzig ahead or behind and they have to chase this game, PSG is a lethal counterattacking side can cause a lot of problems. But in this spot, I think you have to look to Leipzig as well. We, we talked about this two weeks ago. We said that Leipzig was undervalued then. They remain undervalued. They played about even in that game, not including the two penalties. The expected goals were pretty much dead even. The one penalty was incredibly controversial. I did not think it was a penalty. The one that put PSG ahead ultimately. Messi is not putting up anywhere near the numbers he was putting up in Spain the last few years. It could be a small sample size. It probably is, but it could be some decline. I mean, he's in his mid thirties now and it's not unheard of. There could be some decline there. He came off at halftime. PSG played a lot better in the second half against Leo Once he was out of there uh, with Mario Accardi kind of being more of a poacher against that low block that Leo was playing in. But you mentioned it. Leo was the much better team for most of that match last week. They really struggled with Marseille. They're struggling right now in the Champions League. You can still get in. If you have not gotten in yet, Manchester City is minus 110 to win this group. That might be an even better play than the one that I recommend on Leipzig uh, on on Wednesday. City is going to get them at home. I think they're going to thrash them in a couple weeks. And uh, I think PSG is apt to drop points here as well. So, yeah, I like Leipzig on the the money line. Anything over 200 is fine. My projections make this game a toss-up. So... If you like the money line, that's fine. I also think plus a half is worth, worth a play.
2: Perfect. Uh, back on RB Leipzig against PSG. What could go wrong? Manchester City, uh, they host Club Bruges in the other Group A match. City, prohibitive, minus 900 favorites. Club Bruges, uh, biggest underdog for the entire round, 19 to 1 on the money line. The draw is 10 to 1. This is a 4 p.m. kickoff on Wednesday. Crystal Palace, they were 20 to 1 on the money line uh, on sa- Saturday against uh Manchester City and they won 2-0. Uh so you never know. However, I don't really think Lightning's gonna strike twice here with Club Bruges uh pulling a- <laughs> pulling the upset against City on the road. Uh the last meeting, I, I had just a for fun bet on-, on City to win 4-0. Looked for two seconds like they were gonna do it, uh, and then they didn't. City put up uh, 3.8 expected goals against Bruges in that one. So I think that if I'm going to bet this one, it would just maybe be a crazy city team total or some score, maybe like an over six and a half for like a really, really small bet, thinking maybe city scores five or six. Uh, but I don't see value basically in, in any of the main markets. What about you, BJ?
1: Yeah, it's passed for me. I think I, I Manchester City projected at minus 601. And Club Bruges at plus uh, 2,600. So nothing here for me. Manchester City, it's a little concerning. They've lost two in a row. They lost in the League Cup to West Ham and then lost against Crystal Palace. And they've also got a big match, uh, the Manchester Derby coming up this weekend. So uh, they obviously have to, you know, they have to go for this match and take all three points. But if they get ahead early, do they start taking off some of their best players and try to save them for uh, the Derby uh, coming up this weekend? So you know, it's, it's a pass for me. You know, Club Rouge did score against them, so they can take that feather in their hat uh, home to Belgium. But, uh, yeah, it's a pass for me.
2: The matchup that should be, like, if I wish they, they could take one of these matches and put it on, like, Sunday Night Football instead of the NFL. Uh, and it would be this one. It would be Dortmund, uh, plus 145. At home, against Ajax, plus 165. The draw, plus 285. Ajax, a top group, uh, group C right now with nine points. Dortmund at six. Sporting Lisbon, three. Besiktas at zero the last time it was a two weeks ago when these two teams met ix 4-0 win and it was quick it was deadly it was fun we all were really excited about this matchup and it kind of one side of the the billing lived up to the hype the other side kind of didn't uh things kind of got off the rails really quickly with the two quick goals the the own goal by uh marco royce i think it was in the like ninth minute or something really threw this game off kilter but that's what you should expect when these two teams play right something's going to happen They both can create something crazy. So if if it happens early, it'll just be back and forth. And this match will ping pong all over the place. I like IX on the money line. I like to over uh, at three and a half, sit back, put your feet up and and really just enjoy the show. And those two bets scream that to me. So that's where I'm going to be going uh, for this one. BJ, are you with me on uh, on IX here? Or do you think Dortmund can, can pull one over at home?
1: yeah I learned my lesson on IX like 10 minutes before the IX Dortmund game two weeks ago. IX got steamed so I took Dortmund plus half a goal and that lost in like five minutes. So I've learned my lesson. This IX team is an absolute wagon. they completely dominated Dortmund and they've been completely dominant in their three Champions League matches. They've scored 11 goals off of 8.66 expected goals. That's crazy good and they completely dominated Dortmund. Uh, 34 shot creating actions, Dortmund 16, 24 box entries compared to only 10 for Dortmund and 42 touches inside the penalty area compared to only 17 for Dortmund. So it was a thrashing. And we've also talked about Dortmund's defensive struggles and they're very real when they have to play uh, competent offenses. They're allowing 1.32 expected goals per match and have allowed 15 big scoring chances in the Bundesliga this season. Erling Holland is out for this match. So that's troublesome for Dortmund, which he's pretty much everything uh, for them offensively. Uh, So instead of taking over three and a half goals again, I'm going to back Ajax's offense, take their team total over one and a half goals at minus 120. This team is averaging 2.5 expected goals in all competitions this season. They're an absolute wagon. And I think they should be able to break down Dortmund's defense, just like they did last time.
2: They're the type of team. I wish that you could throw roses on the, on the field, like a, like after a great orchestra or something when <laughs> Ajax scores a goal, I would love to see people in the crowd throwing roses on the field. Uh, Cause they're, yeah, they are very romantic and fun to watch. Uh, Dortmund has four clean sheets in total this season. Uh, they came against Ingolstadt, something called Dwihan, Cone, and Sporting Lisbon. So when they do play good offenses, like BJ said, they do usually get picked apart. This is a terrible matchup for them. I think Anthony, are you joining me and BJ backing this Ajax side?
3: Yes. No idea how they're underdogs makes no sense without Holland at all. You know, the possession structures, the passing ability, the technical quality of this Ajax midfield is leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds ahead of what Dortmund is throwing out there. Antony on the wing, one of the more underrated players in all of Europe, lit up uh, Dortmund on the, the one wing where Dortmund has had some issues with fullbacks for years. They've had issues defending attacks up the wings for years. It will continue to be an issue in this matchup. And Sebastian Allaire is in great form. And I know it's it's pretty square. And I think the public is starting to catch up to Ajax. Um, Maybe not as far as the 538 model says, where they're now fifth best in the world. But eventually we're all going to get there. We're all going to be on the train together. And you better hop in soon because the train is getting ready to leave the station from Amsterdam. And we're heading all the way to St. Petersburg, which is where the Champions League final is this year. So book it, Ajax, draw no bet. I don't see how they lose this game, especially without Holland, who created almost every chance Dortmund had in the last matchup
1: i can't wait till Ajax and psg get paired in the round of 16 it's going to be <laughs> one of the most painful slash fun matches of our <laughs> lifetime
2: yeah there's no way i will win like 3.26 to 1.8 aggregate expected goals but uh lose the legs um, exactly yeah and i think if you're going to bet Ajax, you might want to do it as soon as possible because i do think that the market will come in on them uh because of the holland news and I would, I would, I would just be surprised if, if Dortman got
3: steamed or yeah. IX got steamed last time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think, you That'll know, probably happen I, again. Th- I, I hope it happens again, get some closing line value on that one, but it, it was, it was remarkable to uh, I, I I'm sorry, BJ. I did chuckle when I saw you put that bet in, I will be honest. Yeah, it was
1: bad, bad. <laughs> it happens. It happens <laughs> I lot, chuckled. Okay.
3: I looked at my phone. I saw on the app, BJ Cunningham yeah, added a bet know. and I went,
1: I'm a, I'm a math guy. So, you know, the math told me to bet Dortmund and the steam was coming in. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll trust my math. And it ended in like five minutes. It's not the first time I'm going to do that.
2: And it probably won't be the last one. <laughs> that is true. That is, that is true. And, it, and it'll probably, I mean, it'll happen this week. That's betting when you're, when wow. you're betting this many games We had 16 matches on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, speaking of which, you know, there, there are 16 matches and you should, if you do like watch a champions league, we can't say it enough. Like the Golasso show on paramount sports, uh, app is just so much fun especially when it's basically been the, the the groups that are playing on wednesday this time around has just been absolute chaos like there's just been goals everywhere with with ajax and liverpool and atleti and all all sorts of stuff it's it's basically been a carnival so make sure to, to look into that the golasso show lots of fun uh the other match in group c sporting minus 205 favorites against Besiktas. who we have to travel from Turkey to Portugal they're plus 550 on the money line so is the draw uh the kickoff is 4 p.m on Wednesday don't have anything on this match but I do want to talk about sporting their prospects of advancing from this group they're sitting at three points Dortmund's at six Ajax at nine Besiktas at nil uh if if sporting wins and Dortmund loses to Ajax which we're all picking them to do so these these two teams will then play basically for a winner to advance assuming that Dortmund I mean yeah they'd have to lose to Besiktas whatever it is but like there's something to be th- to thought of if, if you want to take a shot at sporting at plus 500 to advance. They're playing Dortmund at home on November 24th. I think that's the only thing I would look at. I'm not going to bet it, but just if you are really, really looking for action on this match, that's that's the only angle I really have here. Otherwise, I think it looks lined pretty tight. Besiktas will definitely be going for it because if they want to have a chance of playing Europa League, they got to win this match and catch sporting. So that could be make it interesting. Anthony, I know last time these two teams played, you you thought that this could be an underrated match. It's going up against uh, Dortmund and Ajax and Liverpool at Letty, So I don't know how many people will be tuning in. But for those that are, offer some thoughts.
3: Yeah, there was some you know lineup issues with Besiktas in the last meeting that they, they had. Uh, and it was not an entertaining match at all. I actually ended up pretty much watching Bruges and City the entire time which I thought was much more entertaining watching city thrash them. Uh, not a ton here for me either. Uh, pretty much a stay away, maybe a look to Besiktas if you want to play a team total over, because I agree with, with Michael, they're going to have to open it up a little bit. Sporting still a little bit undervalued into or overvalued, excuse me, defensively in the sense that they are due to concede some goals dating way back to last season, but overall not looking to really get involved here. And uh, it's a pass.
2: All right, so let's move on. Uh, the last group we'll talk about, Group D, Sheriff Tiraspol out of Moldova. They're at the top of Group D. Still kind of crazy to say that. Uh, they're at six points. They're tied with Madrid, who are also at six. Inter Milan at four. Shakhtar done next at one. Shakhtar will travel to uh, the Bernabeu for this one to take on Real Madrid, who are minus 425 favorites. Shakhtar 11-1 to on the money line to draw. Six-to-one. This is a one forty-five p.m. kickoff. Real Madrid has been getting results despite I wouldn't say bad underlying metrics, but non elite underlying metrics. They have a minus 0.6 expected goal differential in their last three La Liga matches. And they came against Barcelona, Osasuna and Elche. Yes. Barcelona is good, but not the Barcelona of old Osasuna and Elche. I mean, you'd expect Madrid to be able to thrash them like they did to Shakhtar the last time out when they won five nil. I was on Shakhtar. Then I'm probably going to do it again. Uh, 11 to one on the money line i don't want to do it uh but um i'm not you know that strong a person i don't really have much self-control in that re- regard uh so i'll take a shot 11 to one really small bet obviously don't expect it to win uh bj what about you
1: yeah you know we just talked about how stupid i looked betting Dortmund plus half ago well i'm probably gonna look stupid betting Shakhtar plus two i i mean taking away from that match uh, against real madrid two weeks ago uh there's not a lot of positives uh, I can provide for Shakhtar, but what I can say is that I do think this Real Madrid team is going to regress pretty soon. Offensively, this season they've scored 26 goals off of 17.1 expected goals, mainly due do the fact that Kareem Benzema and Vinicius Jr. are just cra- finishing at crazy rates right now. Shakhtar is much better defensively than they showed in that match too. They're domestically. They're only allowing 0.72 expected goals per match in uh, the Ukrainian Premier League. And they only allowed Inter to create 1.03 expected goals in their second Champions League match and Inter's the best offense in Italy right now. Real Madrid defensively hasn't been that elite either. They're allowing 1.28 expected goals per match, which is 15th in La Liga. They're also ninth in shots allowed per 90, 10th in big scoring chances allowed. Uh, so I'm not sure that we're just going to see Real Madrid roll like five, six, nothing again. I only have Real Madrid projected at minus one ninety seven. You know, five thirty eight has them at seventy percent, which equates to around minus two thirty five. So they're a little overvalued, uh, being around you know I think they're at minus four four twenty five right now. So I'll step out on the train tracks and take Shakhtar plus two at minus one thirty five.
2: Yeah, I think that's the thing, right? It's it's not really a bet you want to make, but Real Madrid. Over the long term, they are overvalued, uh, I think. I think that's the the key term here, right, Anthony?
3: Absolutely, right. We bet numbers more than we bet teams. And so I absolutely want to fade Real Madrid. I'm leaning towards Shakhtar. I'm going to wait to try to get a better number on the plus two. Uh, I'll probably end up being there. Uh, But right now, as of recording, we're a few days away from the match. I'm going to be passing. Just the Shakhtar team has not looked anything close to what I was expecting Uh, Probably the biggest disappointment for me of all the Champions League group stage teams has been Shakhtar. They go on the road to Sheriff and look terrible. They come home and and they get a solid result against Inter and what I thought was an encouraging performance. And then they go and they get Real at home in a great spot with Real traveling a ton of miles, coming off the international break, having not played, and they look awful. And so, you know, Shakhtar just doesn't look like they have it this year. Maybe they do. But again, if the number gets to a certain point, Plus two, it say minus one fifteen, minus one twenty, minus one hundred five. I'm gonna get down on some Shakhtar, and we can all maybe we'll get together and we'll light our tickets on fire sometime to <laughs> celebrate the holidays. Sounds fun.
2: Yeah, that'd be a fun one. We'll, we'll we'll travel to Iowa where BJ's from, and people ask what we're doing, and we'll say, well, we're honoring a terrible terrible soccer team from in a disputed territory in Ukraine, in the western part of Ukraine. Speaking of uh, disputed territories, Sheriff Tiraspol, are nine to one. Home underdogs uh, against Inter Milan minus three forty. The draw five to one. This is actually a really interesting match in terms of the group. Uh, Sheriff is at six points. If they get a point out of this match, like they're going through in all likelihood, because they'll be on seven. Inter would have to basically pull one over on uh, Madrid. So I'm expecting that they'll sit back. I don't think that's a terribly good idea. I think just at at, at some point, like the the Sheriff magic it will run out. It did seem like it ran out. 3-1 win for Inter in the last time these two teams played. I'm going back to that. I think Inter minus 2 plus 155 is good value. I just think uh, this is going to be an Inter blowout for some reason. And I can't believe I'm doing it, betting against Sheriff, but I, I just got to just back a Inter blowout here. Uh, Anthony, what about you?
3: A lot of slow start for Inter. It's kind of been the trend lately. Uh, a pretty sleepy first half uh, against Udinesi. Uh, in the in Syria, they had a pretty sleepy first half during the midweek against uh, Empoli. Before things really spiced up in the second half, this road trip to Sheriff, uh, where Sheriff has looked pretty solid. Uh, you know, they only played uh, one uh, match at home, and they played it against Shakhtar. And so, you know, how much can you really draw into that? But you know, we don't know. You know, the situation for Inter traveling here uh, to you know a disputed territory. So it, it could be another sleepy start. I agree that. While Sheriff is absolutely due for some defensive regression, both teams are due for some attacking regression here. Inter has been one of the biggest XGO performers in Serie A. Uh, Their games have been pretty chaotic, especially in the second half, but the first halves have tended to be a little sleepier. Uh, They've they've been slow starters. And so, uh, you know, and Sheriff has now scored. They scored yet again. Uh, They've scored somehow in every Champions League game, despite... Creating less than one expected goal in every Champions League game, so it was a wonderful free kick. But I think this is going to be a slow start before Inter rolls in the second half as Sheriff players start to wear down against the pressure. So first half under one point two five is minus one twenty. That's where I'm looking in this game. Otherwise, I don't really show anything on the full game. I don't want to back Sheriff, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't trust Inter, and I'm tired of losing betting against Sheriff. So uh, first half under.
2: When we recorded our Champions League preview. Did you think you'd ever be muttering that line?
3: I don't think so. Uh,
2: all right, that, that'll do uh, for the 16 match breakdowns. We're going to wrap this show up with our favorite bets of match week four of the Champions League. BJ, let's start with you. What is uh, your favorite bet of them all?
1: Yeah, it's RB Leipzig plus half a goal against PSG. This PSG team is not good. Yes, they have three fantastic attacking players up top, but this midfield and defense is very, very average. They have seven points. Uh, in the Champions League, and they have a negative 0. 0.4 expected goal differential. And in the match against RB Leipzig two weeks ago, yes, they won on expected goals, but 2.75 of them came off of two penalties, and it's happened by Messi I was going in anyway. This RB Leipzig offense is still there. They're averaging 2.2 expected goals per match in the Bundesliga. Obviously, in de- defensively in transition, they're having a lot of issues right now. But PSG also has some injuries coming to this one. Marco Verratti and Sergio Ramos are both out, and Mbappe and Messi are both questionable. So this is my favorite bet potentially of the entire Champions League group stage. I have RB Leipzig projected at plus 114. If you look at our uh, 538, they have RB Leipzig as a 44% favorite. So I love RB Leipzig
2: plus half a goal at minus 125. Anthony, uh, what's your favorite bet for match week four of the Champions League?
3: Iron and Benfica, both teams to score, yes, minus 120. Benfica really should have gotten on the board in the last meeting that they played in Benfica uh, on the road there. Bayern struggled a little bit defensively. Manuel Neuer had to make multiple big time saves to bail out uh, Bayern, who looked pretty vulnerable defensively in transition. Bayern then looked vulnerable defensively against Gladbach when they lost five nil in the cup match. They gave up two goals to Union. They're starting to look a little bit more like the defense that I was expecting them to be coming into the season where they're leaking goals. I don't really know how they would have solved any of their issues from last season Quite with with pretty similar personnel, Ubaldo looked a little out of sorts in, in the last two matches, uh, and so I think Benfica, with their improved counterattacking ability, their ability to hit uh, Byron in transition here, will create multiple chances, will get on the board, and I'm tired of betting against Byron's offense. So let's get and bet on them to get a goal, and and they've scored in 85 of their last 86 uh, league matches. And so uh, I think there's a good chance they'll get on the board and get one, too. So Bayern and Benfica, both teams, to score is minus one to one.
2: For my favorite bet, I was going back and forth between two teams at Atletico Madrid uh, and Zenit, St. Petersburg. I feel safer going with Zenit, taking on Juventus. Like I just don't think this Juventus team is that good. So plus 550 on a team that like BJ was talking about earlier, this is a pretty good team coming out of a, a league that, yeah, they're not on par par with Serie A, but It's not terrible, Russian Premier League. These teams do uh, surprise sometimes and make mini runs in this competition. Plus 550 to go against this Juventus team, which is not very good. I'll take that every time. So that's my favorite bet, taking Zenit St. Petersburg. Plus 550 uh, on the money line on Tuesday against Juventus in Group H. And that'll do it. It's been another wonderful episode of Wonder Goal uh, for BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. I'm Michael Lebuff. Please remember to leave us a review on the wonder goal podcast feed. If you do that and leave your Twitter handle in the review, you'll automatically be entered in a contest to win the soccer Jersey of your choice. That contest will be wrapping up pretty soon. So make sure to uh, get in on that while you can and have a wonderful champions league week.